uh, about going out in the snow. I, I remember when I was uh, in high school, <clears throat> I didn't play much, but I played a little bit of football. And they had a motto, rain, snow, hail or sleet, Brookville High will always meet. And I can remember being out there, not only us crazy kids out there running around in the snow and the sleet, we loved it. Just splashing everywhere all over that field. But to look over in the stands and see them crazy parents sitting over there in the midst of it all. You know, it's exciting to be able to know that we can still serve the Lord no matter where we are. Kind of reminds me of the Sunday school teacher, though, that was walking around the class observing her four-year-olds as they were drawing pictures. And as she walked over and looked over the shoulder of a little girl, she said, "Uh, Honey, what are you drawing? She said, I'm drawing God. She waited the moment, and then she said, But, honey, nobody knows. Nobody really knows what God looks like. Not even looking up. The little girl says, Well, in a minute they will. (laughs) You know, we may not know, but in a minute we can know. We can know who God is and what He does in our lives. And so I thought about how God intervenes in the midst of our troubles and difficulties. And, uh, and, And I know that you've read the story many times. It comes from Mark's Gospel as well as Matthew's. And I want to share this morning from Matthew chapter 8 about a storm that was taking place on the Sea of Galilee. I thought about this when I was in Israel and was out on that little boat and that sea, and I thought, my, you know, I could see where this storm could come from, and I could see uh, how treacherous it might be, because when we were there, it was like glass, and the boat didn't rock at all. The only time it rocked is when some too many people got on one side. You know, they said, you got to stay in the middle of the boat. You can't get off to the sides. But I thought about this story as I was uh, riding down the Sea of Galilee. But it tells us in chapter number 8, verse number 23 says, And they got into the boat, and his disciples followed him. Without warning, a furious storm came up on the lake so that the waves swept over the boat. But Jesus was sleeping. The disciples went and woke him, saying, Lord, save us. We're going to drown. And he replied, You have little faith. Why are you afraid? Then he got up and he rebuked the winds and the waves, and there was a complete calm. And the men were amazed. What kind of a man is this, that even the waves and the winds obey him? He's the kind of man that the little girl drew a picture of. He's God. He's able to do exceedingly and abundantly beyond what we can even comprehend in our little finite minds. But I thought about it. I wondered. I chuckled when I read about a lady who was flying and she had brought her little baby and it was flying back to meet with the family. And as she came to the airport, at the waiting at the gate was her grandpa. And so she handed the baby to Grandpa as she went down to reclaim the luggage. Well, while she was standing there reclaiming the luggage, remember, she had this little baby and she had the pacifier. 
And she was holding that pacifier, and as she was standing there waiting for her luggage, as you know, they go round and around. Every once in a while, she'd stick that pacifier up next to her mouth and then pull it down, and she'd be waiting. And finally, one of the airline stewardess happened to notice her, and she kept looking at her. And she looked at her, and, and the girl would kind of look down, and then a little while she'd notice she was looking at her again. And finally, the stewardess came over and said, Miss, is this the first time you've ever flown? You know, need a pacifier? You know, I thought about that. You know, sometimes, you know, we get a little bit upset and worried about things. You know, the great gathering nowadays in McDonald's is not kids, it's senior citizens. Uh, I have to admit, my wife and I get out of bed because we wake early. And we go down to McDonald's. One day there was a, a group of men that was sitting at McDonald's talking about back and forth together, and they were talking about... Uh, uh, one of them said, I, I, I'm afraid to fly. I wouldn't get on one of them planes for nothing. He said, if I go anywhere any distance, I'm going to take Amtrak. I'm, I'm going to take a train. And the other fellow said, really? He said, did you, did you not hear that there was 300 people killed in a train accident? He said, I never heard that. Where were there 300 people? How could a train kill 300 people? He said, a plane fell on it. <laughs> well, you know... You know, you can't believe them folks over there at McDonald's very often anyway. But, but anyway, I thought about that. You know, that, that's the way it is. You know, one fellow one time very nervously said, the Lord said, Lo, I am always with you. And he wasn't about to fly. But I want to tell you, I, I thought about today, can you imagine this tiny little boat? I mean, this boat, uh, we were allowed 40 people on that boat. And I thought about that, that, that boat with 40 people on it. And I thought about the storm that he was talking about. And, and it said that they were out on the, on that water and it was just as calm as could be. And then all of a sudden a furious, tremendous wind and storm began to happen. And the waves begin to rock the boat, and the, and the waves begin to overflow the boat. And, and these men remember some of them were experienced fishermen. They knew what it was to be out on that water. And so when they get afraid, you know that there was something going on. And they got so afraid, the Bible says, that they begin to look at one another and said, Where's, we need to wake him up. We need to wake him up and, and let him know what's going on. He had us follow him onto this boat, and now we're all going to drown. And as they woke him up, what did Jesus do? Jesus said, what's your problem? <laughs> and He spoke to the waves and the wind. And it was a complete calm. And it happened so fast, you know what? They said, what in the world kind of man is this? What kind of a person is this that He can calm the storms that quickly? He can calm the waves. What is it that it happens to do? Well, you know, I thought about that. I thought about that, that story when I read it and when I read about it. You know, there's lots of things that bring storms in our lives. Not just the storms, my friend, that happen at sea. There are storms that come to every one of us. Everybody goes through a storm at some time in their life. You know, that some storms come in the form of maybe a marriage problem. I mean, maybe in a home. You know, I, I thought about this. You know, the, I, I read about a grandmother who was celebrating her 50th wedding anniversary. That seemed like a long time ago until we reached our 50th. 
but 50 years. And so some of the younger women said, uh, how, how did it happen? How can you keep a marriage together? How can you live with a person for 50 years and still be together? She said, well, I'll tell you, when I got married, she said, my husband and I, my new husband, she said, we made a, we made a rule. She said, I said I was going to write down ten things that I would overlook in order to keep that marriage together. And one of the young ladies said, well, could you... Could you share with some of us some of the things that, that you, you, you made a rule in your, your life that kept your marriage together for 50 years? She said, you know, honey, I, I never did get around to writing those. But she said, you know, every time my husband would do something that made me stomping mad, I would say, good for him, that that's one of those things that I said I'd overlook. And she said, that's the way it has to be in life. And I thought about that. You know, marriage counselors go through this. One marriage counselor asked, how can you, how can you keep a marriage together? What, what do you do when there's problems in a marriage? And, and he said, begin to ask questions about it. And this one woman said, well, at our house, she said, what happens is, is, is that sometimes, you know, that, uh, that, that we blame it on, the, our, on, on our children. Sometimes we blame it on his parents. Sometimes we blame, we blame it on, on the president. Sometimes we just simply slam doors. You know what I believe? There's a lot of marriages today that have a lot of door slamming because they don't know how to deal with the problem, the storm that comes. And you know, there was a time when, when they used to be that counselors would immediately, after talking to two people, tell them they ought to separate. But you know, that's changed. Nowadays they're saying, instead of separate, hang in there. It's a storm. It'll pass by. Stay with it a little while. You know what? That's what Jesus said. He never did say everything would go easy in our life. Everything will not always be exactly the way we want. But if we hang in there long enough and we trust Him, He will calm the storm even in a marriage. And so I believe today that that's one of the storms that people face. The second storm that I would look at would be the, the loss of a loved one. That's a terrible storm. Some of you that have been going through the, 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 the sessions that takes place here on Sunday night knows a little bit about that. The storm of the loss of someone is devastating. The loss, my friend, of a husband, a wife, a child, a parent. Believe me, I know what I'm talking about. We went through it of losing a child in an accident at 25 years old, in the prime of his life, with his whole life ahead of him, a good boy. I know what it was like to go day after day, and my wife and I, and have to face that and realize that every time we drove down that road, every time we looked at that place where that accident took place, every time that we would go near the house that he lived in, every time we would see a car that looked like his, every time you'd sit in a restaurant and see the backside of a head of someone that looked like him, my friend, it was devastating to be able to have to go through that. That only God can bring you through those times. You know, I thought about, I read one time about Irma's Hemingway's book on the, uh, the, the book was entitled Islands in the Stream. Tells about a father who lost his only son in the war. 
And the father was out walking the beach day after day after day. He would just walk up and down the beach, up and down the beach. And one of his friends got a burden for him and said, you know, he's not eating, he's not drinking right, he's not getting the right kind of rest. And so he would go every day and talk to this man and said, you know, you're going to have to get over this. You're going to have to deal with this. You're going to have to get... They're eating better and doing better. You're, you know, you can see them again if you live right, but you've got to get through this time. And the father said these words. He said, I know what you're saying is right. I know I need to deal with it. I know I need to go on with my life. But I just can't do it today. Haven't you been there? I just can't do it today. And you know, sometimes that's what happens when we think about it. Some of you can identify with this father's deep hurt. The loss of a loved one is a dreadful storm. It's a storm, my friend, that, that you never want to go through, but all of us are going to face it at some time in our life. It's going to be a parent. It's going to be a spouse. It's going to be a child. It's going to be a relative. It's going to be somebody that's close to you. And you need to know, in order to get through that storm, you need to have a faith in a God that will take you by the hand and lead you through it as He did us. And so I think about that. For some of us, the storm might be a personal failure. You ever had a failure? I thought about it. You know, I, I read some time back about a name, a guy that maybe some of you don't even know, but his name was, uh, uh, his name was George McDonald. George McDonald pastored a little country church. He and his lovely wife, they loved the people and they just enjoyed so much in that. And after a few years, one day a board member came to their house and said, George, our church cannot afford to pay your salary anymore. You're going to have to move on. And George said, well, listen, let me, let me talk with you a little bit. He said, you know, I can write. I, I do poetry and I, I do writing. And he said, I could just subsidize. I could, I could do a little of that and, and still pastor. And they said, no, no, no. But you know what? George's wife had more insight than he did. She said, George, what you don't understand is, it's not that that church can't afford to pay your salary. They just don't want you anymore. I tell you, that is a hurt that George faced. To know, to go through life knowing that there was a people that he wanted to serve. And those words, they don't want us. Wow. You know something? George MacDonald went on to become a great writer. He writes poetry and he writes theological papers. He has made it in his work. But all through his life, he said, I could never overcome those words, they don't want us. That's a hurt that you can't get over. Let me tell you something, there are people today that get hurt deeply because somebody made some kind of statement. My friend, the worst part of life is, my friend, is when you realize that you are no longer wanted. All of us will go through those hurts in life. All of us will face those times when, when you'll find rejection by somebody somewhere that's going to affect you. And the only way you get through it is by having your faith in Jesus Christ. Jesus will calm that storm. Jesus will let you know that even though they don't want you, He wants you. 
Even though you may feel rejected by someone else, remember this, God hasn't rejected us. God loves us. He gave His Son to die for us that we might have life and we may have it abundantly. We might know that He loves us even in spite of who we are. The worst part is that Jesus seems to be asleep in those times. Why doesn't He intervene, we cry out, in distress? We ask ourselves, doesn't He understand the, the sickness and the, and the distress and the heartaches that I'm going through? And this question, my friend, may be asked many times by us. I think of those, you know, all of us face them. I faced them, my wife and I faced them. And I begin to think about the storms that we go through. I thought about the storms that has happened in our lives. I thought about what happened to me and Beverly in the struggles physically. Oh, all of these years we've had such good health. But about for the last couple of years, the difficulties we faced. And let me be honest with you, you, even though we've been serving the Lord all of these years, day after day we woke not feeling well. We spent time in the hospital. Thoughts of never feeling good again. The pain bombarded our minds and our bodies. And we begin to think, why? When are we going to get through this? It could have been a crummy year. However, it was the way, over the year, we begin to think of the, of the good things that come from it. Even though she faced cancer. Going to the doctor, doing the right thing, getting the right checkup, and then the doctor says, well, the report comes back, there's cancer. So you need to see somebody. And so we go immediately and we see a physician. And the physician schedules and the surgery takes place and she gets the cancer removed. And we're thankful because it's all contained. No no need of anything else. It's contained. It's gone. Go home and enjoy life. We were thrilled to death. And then I go for my checkup. I mean, I'm as healthy as a horse. I don't feel anything. I'm doing everything. And then they say, well, there's a problem. I said, how can there be a problem? Six months ago I checked and there was nothing. But immediately, you see, there was a doctor that saw it. He took care of it. He said, we're going to take it. I'm going to tell you something. From the time they discovered this cancer within my body, within less than 30 days it was gone. Thank God there was no treatments needed. We thought we're home free. We're worshiping. We're thanking God. Everything's wonderful. And the storms have passed. God, we thank You for being there. We thank You for all of this. And then all of a sudden, there's a, there's a hurting in the stomach. And then there's a, a bowel that's about ready to burst. And emergency surgery takes place. And because it's emergency surgery, it has to be a colostomy. And then go through all of that pain and all of that work. And then to go back and have to have it all reconnected back up. But every day, I want to tell you something, there was pain, there was hurt. It was a storm, but I want to tell you something, God was there. God provided the people that would take care of it. And then, you know, we just felt like, oh, this year's over. We're gonna, we, we got all these things behind us. And then this knucklehead goes in the attic and falls out. And I get a broken list. You see, storms come to... God, in spite of all of the things that we do that seem to be dumb, God is still there. And He's going to be. Because you see, storms come to all of us. And I thought about when storms show up, 
You can either throw yourself a pity party, or you can believe that in a big God that's going to get you through it. You can be what the disciples was. You can cry out to the Lord and say, Lord, I can't take anymore. Are we dwelling on the thing that we're going through? Or are we thinking about God's goodness and God's power to take us through all the way? You see, life's challenges and storms is just another opportunity to show how good and how big God is. Do you know something? I can sympathize more. And I've said this for years. You know, I, I pastored probably 20 or 25 years before I lost my mom or my dad. I don't know how many families that I've stood beside. I've gone to their home. I've stood in the funeral home. I've stood beside them as they went and, and went through the storm of a loss of a parent. And I take the Scripture and beat the poor people to death. You know, this is what the Scripture says. But you know what? When I lost my daddy, then I learned how to sympathize with those who lost the daddy. When I lost my mom, then I learned how to have sympathy and empathy for the person that lost their mom or their child. You see, so all things, the Bible says, work together for good. So you see, all of these things that have happened in my life, let me tell you something, you call me and tell me you broke, I hope you don't, but if you do, I know what the pain is of a broken wrist now. I mean, you think that little old thing, what in the world? How could it possibly keep you awake for weeks? But you know, now I know. And I know that God... I know how God has been there. I know. And somebody asked me, he said, what do you do in all those unwakened hours? I said, I pray. But you know, i got to be honest. I pray me for, more for me than I do anybody else. Lord, help me get rid of the pain. Help me get rid of it. Help me to get the rest that I need. You see, sometimes we have to be that way. You know what? You decide what, what you will do in life when crisis and storms comes. It's your decision. You decide whether you're going to have a pity party or whether you're going to have faith in God. What will change your life is that what you do, with what really comes from that. How you get through that. How it happens. Jesus didn't die on the cross, my friend, for you to have another crummy year. Tough times will come to all of us, my friend. And, and, and you know what? Storms doesn't have to define what your life is all about. Because you see, your life is in the hands of a mighty God. A God that knows and understands and can help you through no matter what the situation is. So I'm here to tell you this morning, there are storms happening. Now I tell you about us, but you know, I took my pencil just, just last night sitting in my chair. And you know what? In the last year since I've been here, I can tell you there are 24 of you that have gone through some of the same things that we went through. There are some of you that I visit. I look down this list. Shelly, Dave, Dean, Carol, uh, Lloyd and Becky and Barb and Dixie and Jill and Roger and Tom and Jean and Brian and Mandy and Marion and Dean and Willie and Pat and Linda and Phyllis and Nathan and Betty and Carrie and Dana and Dawn who will face tomorrow. Let me tell you something. Why should I pity myself when all of you have gone through just exactly what I have? And I probably missed some of them. This is just some that I look back over over the calls that I made and the people that I visited and people that I prayed for. 
But I'm going to tell you something. God is going to help you through the storm. I believe that with my heart. You know, I believe that it's what the Bible says. And the story of Mark's Gospel and Matthew's Gospel shows us, does Jesus care? Yes, He cares. Yes, He cares. When the storms of life are raging, does He care? When it seems as though you can't hold on for another moment longer, does He care? When the waters seem to threaten you and overshadow you and are about going down for the third time, does He care? The disciples knew that Jesus was asleep and they awoke Him. Let me tell you something. Jesus is not asleep this morning, but He wants you to call on Him when you have that need. If you call out to Him, I guarantee you, the Bible says we have not because we ask not. We need to call on Him. We need to ask Him. We need to come before Him. Let me tell you something. My kids, when they really want something, they are going to call. They're going to come. Sometimes, you know, we're, you know, when, when they get older, you know, my kids, you know, they, they call uh, when they happen to cross their mind. But sometimes, you know, mothers and fathers, we think they ought to call every day. And then when they do that and they tell us all their troubles, you say, boy, don't they quit calling me and tell me about all their troubles. You know, we complain no matter which way it goes. But you know what? When they really need something, when they really need something, they're going to call. You know why? Because they know we're going to respond. God's the same way. God knows that when you have that need, call on Him and ask Him and say, Lord, I'm going through a storm. I'm about to go under. I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know how I'm going to get through it. But Lord, I'm asking for Your help. And I'm going to tell you something. Immediately, He's going to come on the scene. He's going to provide whatever you have need for. Because the Bible teaches. Why? Jesus woke up and said, Why are you afraid? Do you not have any faith? You see, the big question in life is not how many storms we're going to have and how many that we have to pass through. The question is whether do we have the faith for the storm or not. All of us will encounter storms. If you have it, they're coming. Just hang on. You know, no matter where you go, people say, well, I'm going to leave. You know, I have a lady called me from one of our churches in Akron. said her daughter, son-in-law, moving from Oklahoma. They're not moving very far from you. They're moving into Medina. I said, well, what are they doing? She said, they're just tired of the storms out there in Oklahoma. They've had it. They ain't going through another one. They're coming back to Ohio. I got news for them. Ohio has storms too. You can't run from a storm. But you can get an answer for the storm if you have the faith. If you trust the Lord. Let me tell you something. All of us will encounter storms. Sometimes it will seem as though God Himself has forsaken you. But my friend, it's not the time for you to give up. It's the time when you dig in and let your faith become active. Today I ask you, do you believe God's Word? Do you really believe? You know, I, I thought about that song, and we're going to sing it a little bit, but I thought about that song, you know, uh, when peace... Uh, that, 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 that was written, you know, uh, when peace like a river attendeth my way, when sorrows like sea billows roll, whatever the cost, thou hast taught me to say, it is well, it is well with my soul. You know, the man that wrote that song lost his whole family out at sea. When the, when the telegram came, it said that his wife and his family all had gone down. 
And yet in the midst of that storm, he was able to write that song. Why? Because his faith began to grab a hold. And he knew that even though that happened, he knew that his faith in God was going to bring him through it. And so he trusted the Lord. I wonder about you today. Do you believe that God, who loves you, has promised never to forsake you? Do you believe that no matter how dark the clouds may be, behind those clouds there's still a sunshine coming? You know, I never seen anything like it in Ohio this last few months. Every day I get up, I don't know whether it's noon, morning, noon, night. We got so many cloud cover in our area anymore, we never hardly see the sun. But you know what? I got hope. I got belief. You know, I'm going to hang on there. And every once in a while, we saw those clouds as we travel back and forth up and down this highway. We're always looking out the window at the clouds. And every once in a while, I say, look up back there. There's a peak of sun trying to get through. We're going to get a little of that sun somewhere today. You know, we get it about 3 or 4 o'clock and then it goes down. But the sun comes through. The sun will always come through. You know what? Do you believe the dark clouds behind those is the sunshine? Do you believe that beyond every cross there's an empty tomb? If you do, you can weather the storm. No matter how severe it is. If you can't, then you need that faith today. You need that faith today. I thought about that. Robert Gibson tells the story of his life. And he tells about how he looked back at his mother, his mom who had great faith, his mom who was a powerful Christian, who prayed, who believed, who worshipped. And one day, she became sick in her old age. And finally, it came to that day when she left this earth. And after the funeral, he said he went back to the house. That little house that she lived in. Nothing modernized. He said, I walked into the room where I knew she always sat. He said, I looked down and there laid on the stand her silver rim glasses. So he put them on. He looked over and he said, I saw the well-worn Bible. Cover almost fallen off. Pages all loose. Notes all through them. He said, I picked it up and I began to look through it. Then I looked over and I saw the chair that she sat in. And he said, I took her glasses and her well-worn Bible and I sat down in the chair. And I began to try to find out how mom had such great faith. He said, I, I looked through into those pages and I sat in that chair and I tried to feel what she could feel. I tried to see what she could see. But he said, I sat there and I sat there and nothing happened. You know Why? Because that was mom's faith. That was mom's belief. My friend, no matter how good your mom has been, no matter how good your spouse has been, no matter how good someone else, you've got to have the faith for yourself. And he realized that the reason why it wasn't working for him was because he was trying to live on somebody else's faith. Let me tell you something. You've got to have the faith. And when you have the faith, then when you open the Word, it will become alive to you. Then when you begin to pray, you'll hear the answers that will come to you. It is then, my friend, that God will begin to speak and work through you. You see, you can't have... Someone said God doesn't have any grandchildren. You know that's true. God doesn't have any grandchildren. 
He lets us have them and enjoy them. But you know what? He doesn't have any. God, all, every person that's connected with God is a child of God. And God takes care of His children. I'm going to tell you something. When the ship, when the ship began to fail, the disciples, it's not too surprising. You see, the predicament the disciples faced is the predicament that many people face today. We live in a world that it's tough. It's tough raising children. It's tough working in the public. It's tough dealing with politicians. But I'm going to tell you something. The God that I serve is able today to link us through and chart our path and keep us on the way that we need to be going. I believe that with all of my heart. Such time we can rely, my friend, no matter what the predicament is, we can rely if we have faith in our lives, if we believe the Word, if we can call on Jesus, He can bring the steel and the peace. He can calm the storm. But you see, it only happens if we really believe Him. The Bible says that we have to have peace. When you have that faith of your own and it's real, you will hear a voice that will say, My peace is with you. God can bring the peace in the midst of the storm. I know because we've been there. I know because we've lived through it. And there have been some storms that I wouldn't want to have to go through again. But I know that if I do, God will help me get through them. Because you see, I have a faith to believe that with the God that I serve and the God that you serve today and the God that we believe in is able to take us through every storm in life if we'll learn to trust Him. And so today we're going to sing a verse of song, a couple of verses of a song that's going to tell you that very thing. And I believe this morning that if you're going through a trial, you're going through a difficulty, no matter what it is, I don't care whether it's physical, financial, spiritual, whatever it is, I want to tell you something. The God that we serve is able today to meet that need. All we have to do is put our total trust and belief in Him. Call upon the name of the Lord, and He will answer your need today. Let us stand together. Father, this morning as we prepare our hearts, we ask, Lord, that You would just speak to us as individuals. Help us to know, Lord, that when we come to You, that we come to a God who cares. A God who cares about how we are and how we're living and what's going to happen in our lives tomorrow. Father, we pray today that as we dedicate ourselves to You as a body of Christ, that, Lord, that You're going to work in and through us through this coming year, that we're going to be able to witness to the world, the witness to this community, and those that come here of what the power of God can do in our lives. Because, Lord, we've seen it happen in 2018, and we know it can happen again in 2019. So, Father, we pray for every person that sits in this building today. Whatever the storm is, we pray that this winter day, that, Lord, You would calm the storm and You would give us the faith to believe that, God, that You're working for our good and for Your glory in all of our lives. Bless us now, Lord, as we sing. Help us to respond if we have that need. And we'll give You the thanks. In Christ's name we pray. Will You come as we sing? Peace.